The Those Guys with Ships Show is brought to you by Engine. Create your free community website at enjin.com. We are Those Guys with Ships, and this is the rest of episode number 135 of our show, the Those Guys with Ships show, our gaming community podcast. Now, where were we? Oh, yeah. An anticipated 17-hour-long part one, part two podcast. All I'm saying, guys, I've got 68 hours and 35 minutes left of disk space uh, before it's recorded to record with. I'm aiming to fill it. All right. So what'd you guys get for Christmas? (laughs) Uh, more tickets to see Rogue One. Yay. So yeah. much Star Wars. So I much. W- I wish I could do that 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 siren noise that was in the trailer, but actually wasn't in the movie very much. But I was in the movie the whole time. The only difference was it wasn't standalone. There was usually music underneath it. Uh, but it was only in Imperial ships. It wasn't in yeah, that's where the they showed it in the trailer. Well, that's, that's where the danger sirens. was. Right? Well, well yeah. there's going to be danger when they're doing the meeting. Exactly. You know? <laughs> all right. So I think we've established that everybody's seen it. Yes. And um, so uh, all of you out there in podcast land who haven't seen the movie yet and are concerned about it being spoiled for you, uh, you had better uh, listen to this episode after seeing the movie. Because normally we limit our spoiler-filled reviews to a specific length of time, but this time we aren't going to do that. There are just way too many things to talk about, and uh, there are too many of us here to make that work. So um, I don't think I, I think actually we're not going to discuss uh, other stuff after this. We're just going to do the, the movie review. This may be a shorter episode, um, but you know something a little lighter for um, uh, for the uh, uh, the holidays. You know, because certainly you're going to be getting your fill of. Uh, of uh, stuffing uh, in other places, uh, but um, uh, if you um, if so if you if you if you if you want to avoid the spoilers, go see the movie and then listen to this. Um, and if you don't care at all about uh, Star Citizen, then uh, what's wrong with you? And this is a good chance to wa- listen to us anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So um, back with us uh, um, uh, this time is, is uh, Wolf to uh, share his thoughts on uh, the movie too. So Wolf, welcome back. Thank you. Um, all right, so um, how we'll do this, guys. Let's start off. We each take uh, two to three minutes and give a brief summary of if we did or didn't like the film and uh, maybe provide a, a couple uh, specific reasons why. Uh, and then after that, we will uh, go around in circles and discuss everything that needs to be discussed until the cows come home or the Internet's burned out or Mike, Mark runs out of disk space. Either so, way, whatever comes yeah. first. Yeah. Uh, so does that sound good? Sounds good. Yes. Thanks. All right. Um, so, um, company always comes first here at the buffet line in the TGWS virtual hangar. So, Wolf, you're up. Oh, excellent. All right. Well, first of all, I'll just get this right out of the way. I didn't like this movie at all. I Ooh. loved it. Oh, no. Oh, you okay. tricky, tricky. Thanks, thanks, thanks did the, the, the dramatic <laughs> heel turn right there. This was, in fact, my favorite Star Wars film since The Empire Strikes Back. High praise. Mm. Yeah. 
And I'm not uh, a hater of episodes one, two, and three. Um, in fact, I, I still love to watch them again and again. I think there were details about those movies, which is probably another podcast episode that we could get into that were tough, but uh, but I love mm-hmm. them. Um, this was, to me, Star Wars for me today. So let me explain that. I saw A New Hope in the back of my mom and dad's international travel all at a drive-in theater in the 70s. Mm-hmm. First run. Mm-hmm. This movie has always been the yardstick by which all other movies um, are measured. And, you know, at my age now, of course, I realize that <clears throat> there are definitely some issues. <laughs> like, if, you know, if you're comparing, like, star, you know, A New Hope, let's say... Um, you know, to any modern movie today, there's obviously, um, you know, the storytelling and the dialogue and everything. It's not always the greatest, but it is still, you know, for that time, it was just so amazing. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> so what did I love about this? Well, Felicity Jones was incredible. Um, mm-hmm. I think she was perfectly cast for that role. Um, Forrest Whitaker also just gave you know the performance of a, of his career, I think, and that dude's had some pretty cool roles. Um, I, I think the story was great. I've read most of the books, so I'm, you know, in addition to seeing all the films, um, and by the way, I've seen every episode of Rebels and Clone Wars, and just you know, I'm into it. It was cool. it was really great to see uh, this story brought to life, um, and uh, and I'm just you know, I think. Looking forward into the future, I'm so excited to see what comes next. Um, the Force Awakens, like... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say you feel the franchise is in good hands. Yeah, exactly. The Force Awakens, to me, was no surprise. I thought it was... I thought it was like, you have to go and do a pastiche, right? Like, that was, that was what we... All of the people that saw Star Wars unfold before our eyes as children in the 70s and 80s wanted so badly. Um, but we also want to know that the story is going to develop and it's going to change and not just be the de- you know the Death Star basically over and over again. Um, so it was great to see the plot go in new directions. I mean, I, mean I, just, I could just go on and on. I think I'm probably at the three-minute mark, so I'll save some <laughs> Did you find actually? And this is a question for everybody. Did you guys find it a little bit jarring to not see the opening crawl? Oh, not really. I and thought that was smart. You know what? I liked it because it separated. It told me this is a new thing. I'll just go next because you know what? I'm the next newest guy. So screw you all. You have to wait your turn. <laughs> like I did that. Or Gleep. <laughs> Gleep's got to wait the very end. Sorry, um, we have a whole show dedicated to this. No, but it was It was interesting because I was waiting for it And really, really hoping they didn't do it And then they didn't And it it was just great You know, it's like saying, hey look, this isn't one of the trilogy movies We're not doing something This isn't an old hash of of the old plot lines We're just going to replay again It's something different And to me, that was my big thing Really looking forward to seeing something that was done in the universe Took the lore And then made a movie about anything else other than Jedi. Right. That was really my goal. I, I love, don't get me wrong, I love Jedi and Sith. I think they're really cool. I love the lightsaber battles. I always look forward to them in the movies. I wanted to see what else they could do. I wanted to see them flesh out the rest of the world and see where they could go. And, and on top of that, uh, what was so cool is that it, it, I wanted to see how this world could look like without, I mean, I say this, unfortunately, without George Lucas at the helm. 
you know, I wanted to see a little bit of humor, but not over the top. You know, I didn't need a bunch of cartoony characters in there to right. uh, really sell it to the kids. You know, I wanted something a little bit darker, a little more adult. And I think we got it. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and more importantly is everyone died. Everyone yeah. died. I, oh, which I, was I, except awesome. I was surprised about that. I was, I was hoping that they would do that. Um, and I still think that it was a brave choice to do that. Oh, absolutely. I agree. I mean, talk about breaking mm-hmm. what you're saying. Hey, look, these guys are not coming back. Now, however, it also is pretty savvy. It also means that no matter what you paid these guys, next time around, you get a whole new bo- you know, crop of them. <laughs> Right. Well, you're paying no, these guys no, the no. second time around. Yeah, now they realize they're really popular and they want to charge you a whole lot more. No, not going to happen. Well, and there's no there's no sequels or spinoffs, and this is the what's a self contained story with a beginning and end for the characters involved. Exactly, it was a complete character right. arc for all of them, and it was masterfully told. Excellent, excellent scenes. Um, the the combat was engaging. I enjoyed watching. It wasn't it. Uh, you know, it was Hollywood, but it wasn't too off. You know what? Mm-hmm. Um, I- just to key into that for a second, I think that the space battle over um, the the entrance to uh, Scarif. Scarif, thank you, Scarif, mm-hmm. was the best I've ever seen. It really had that. The, they sort of brought the rock paper scissors theme. Um, you know, it, it brought it out. Like for you, uh, for you Rebel fans, did you see the ghost? I did. <laughs> I saw the ghost. There's also uh, before leaving for Scarif. Yep. There's a yep. very clear audio cue. You know, General Sandula. General Sandula, please report yep. to the. No. Yeah. I guess I need to watch Rebels. <laughs> I loved Clone Wars. Loved it. Rebels now, is amazing. Rebels. Now Rebels rumor is so good. Rumor is that Chopper is somewhere in the background when they were He's at in the that base. trading post. No. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. You're right. At, at, yeah. In the he should. I miss Chopper. Wub wub. Well, there was also, you know, the the ship that I was most fascinated by in the whole movie was the uh, the Hammerhead Corvette, which came out of Rebels. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. that actually that ship actually has an even earlier appearance. Oh, that ship, uh, that design is actually a Knights of the Old Republic design. Oh. Go play the original Knights of the Republic game, and the very opening cinematic is your character, <laughs> player character, waking up on that ship oh, over Terrace. I have played that, and I remember that scene. Yeah, that's that's where those the Hammerhead Corvette design comes from, is from uh, um, uh, Knights of the Republic. And if you watch the Rebels Recon, where the Rebels crew uh, hijacks a couple of those, yep. they make a mention in the Rebels Recon about where those ships come from. Well, Ace, why don't you, now since you have the talking stick, why don't you uh, go ahead and <laughs> give t- us uh, your two or three reasons. talking fun. I feel like now I just need to go out to, like, OMSI and uh, go to the science department and buy one of those rain sticks to just oh, turn over in yeah, front of the microphone. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> um, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Um, I would say more so than Rogue One. Or not Rogue, better than um, <laughs> Force Awakens, uh, uh-huh. which is the other one, you know, the other sort of clearly modern film of the Star Wars uh, saga. Saga. To uh, to appear, um, and uh, I I will admit that I part of me uh, is bummed that they died because I they did a, such a masterful job of making the characters relatable and people that you cared about. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have loved to see more of Jin, but I find that highly unlikely at this point. Well, she's dead. Um, yeah, 
Uh, I was surprised at how immediate this movie is. I mean, literally the next scene, the next logical scene is the opening scene of A New Hope. Yeah. Uh, it, it is, it's it's 3.95. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The amount, of, um, uh, the amount of weight that it lends to the opening of A New Hope, the, oh, the end of this movie, I was just like, I, it makes me look at the opening of A New Hope in a completely different light. Yeah. Like, yep. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other thing that surprised me, uh, and this is something I think I'm sure that we will talk at length about, was the amount of original trilogy cameos that showed up in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Tarkin, uh, clearly. Leia, definitely. But also, uh, as mentioned in, with, about the space battle over Scarif, gold and uh, red leaders. Yep, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I and as a, this is probably, the as you said, the, the most cinematography... Devoted to space combat, we've seen in a in a Star Wars movie that was like complete, uh, and seeing both ground support and space battle made the inner X-wing pilot in me very, 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 very happy. I I loved seeing all of that, and the story was was great. I, it was a fantastic story. I love that the the Emperor is hinted about in this movie, but never seen, so it sets him up for his appearance in Empire and Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. In a way that's not really ever done in A New Hope, sort of Vader seems to be the prominent character in that, in, in, as the villain in that movie, him and mm-hmm. Tarkin. Uh, but uh, uh, the the action and the the characters were, the, I think the the strongest part for me, Jin and especially K two S O. Alan yeah. Tudyk knocked it out of the park on this. Yeah, Alan Tudyk did a great job. Yes, absolutely. He's uh, uh, he's like he's like uh, Star Wars claptrap. Oh, totally. It totally is. He's, I mean, he is the deadpan humor character. Like, uh, and, and, and like that they made it part of his character that the whole point of the reason why he's like that is because he's programmed to just say whatever he feels. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He reminds me a little bit of um, Tars and Case from Interstellar, the sort of dry wit and humor. Yeah, yeah. Says whatever they're thinking. Kind of, kind of like my first wife. Hmm. Interesting. So I think <laughs> on that I, note, Jimmy. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> it for my my impressions. And Who's next? On that note, um, I, I I was really glad that they didn't do the opening crawl, but I do admit that it was a bit jarring. Where I was like, oh oh oh, we're starting the, we're starting the Star Wars now. Smash cut. I, mm-hmm. I had no idea the Star Wars was beginning. Um, so you know, but it, the opening scene was stunning. Um, one of the things that I really like about what they're doing with the universe, both this movie um, and uh, episode seven, is the scenery. There yeah, are lots of worlds. Yes. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. lots of worlds, lots of color, lots of contrast. Um, they they are they're really just painting a beautiful backdrop to set the stories to. Um, all their choices in locations for this particular movie, I thought, were phenomenal. Um, I love the casting. Um, I love the story. I thought it was amazing, like because the thing is, like you knew you were going to see Vader, um, you know, and and I thought that the scene in the middle uh, on Mustafar was the only scene we were going to see him in. So when he came back at the end, yeah, I was surprised at how much he shows up when he yeah. when he comes back at the end and just starts cracking heads. I'm like, psycho oh. Vader, right, right, right. <laughs> um, and even and with Leia, I was like, oh, that's really cool. But there were the short expected cameos. The thing that I wasn't expecting and the thing that, that really made me fall in love with the movie was was Tarkin. Yeah, yeah. that was yes. such a surprise. Was, was to, to make a CG character a principal character, you know, and to really, to, to resurrect that actor 
um, and put him up on the screen again in, in in such a great role, not just kind of a superfluous cameo, not just a, oh here's Vader, you know, or here's Leia, kind of tying into the, to, to a New Hope, which was great. But to make him a primary character, I thought was great, and I absolutely loved it. I'd read an article; he died without um, any heirs, and he left his estate to uh, his secretary. And so she saw the movie, and she said that she got choked up. She was just like it was very emotional to, for for all intent and purposes, to see him up on st- up on the screen again, to see him acting again. Yeah. And um, I think that really speaks to how far the technology's come. There were a couple of moments there where, you know... A he little looked, bit of CG. Yeah, he looked a little yeah. dead in the eyes. A, a little couple uncanny of moments. valley. Right, right, just a little bit. But for the most part, they really did a phenomenal job. Wait, wait a second. It's he funny you mention that. He was, wait, that was CG? <laughs> no, it's funny yeah. you mention this because yeah. there was a real actor that played the role. Oh, yeah. And right, used right. CG... To make right. him for his face, yeah. Are you serious? Right. So, so Mark, that guy is Peter Cushing. Yeah, Peter Cushing he was like, in the original in, films and like died. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't figure out yeah. why. I was like, God, he, that guy's got to be ancient. I was like, that's the same guy. Right? <laughs> be 112 years <laughs> old. God, that's Necromancy. Amazing. I figured. Well, I figured they must have made him up really well, like in the 80s, to be an old guy, and then now he must actually be that old. Sort of like what they did with Tom Aged a day past 75. Mind blown. Mine's, well, yeah, no, that's kind of like a, yeah. like a uh, uh, oh, geez, oh, I forget his name anyway. Morgan Freeman, you know, like he he has <laughs> right, right, yeah, since fifty, nature. you know, yep, just stopped aging at about yeah. sixty. Yeah, 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 totally. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, no, I mean, what you're, what okay, you're referring Jimmy has to, the talking stick. No, no, go ahead. I said what you were referring to is, is sort of what they did with Palpatine, where they had him in old age makeup for uh, 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 Empire Strikes Back: Return of the Jedi, and then he was the perfect age for. Um, Phantom Menace, um, Attack of the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith. Because at that point he's an old man. Uh, but but no, that guy that was that was Peter Cushing was definitely very much not alive anymore. Wow. He was definitely a CG character, and you can you could feel his presence in the character in the CG, which was really nice. Um, Jimmy Smith's bringing him back, I thought was phenomenal. Um, I thought that was a great callback, um, weaving him into how active he is in the rebe- in the rebellion. Um, talking about the fact that you know he had someone he could trust, you know, trust with his life in in Leia to to try and reach out to General Kenobi. The fact mm-hmm. that like you know she wasn't supposed to have the plans for the Death Star; she was just supposed to try and get a hold of Obi Wan, and that was the whole right. point for going to Tatooine. She just also happened to be carrying the Death Star plans. So there were so many like just like loose ends that you didn't even really think about that were that were tied up in this movie. Um, and like I said, at the ver- that last scene where Vader's standing at the precipice of the Rebel flagship and uh, the Corellian Corvette's taking off. And it's right. just like, oh, wow. And it, it just the setup, the fact that they took the time to set up A New Hope, even though you already know what's going to happen in A New Hope, made it all the more better. You know, where they were like, we're just, we're, we're really going to like... You want to see a new hope now, you know, like as if it never came out. You know what I mean? And I just it well, was. I went home and watched it right afterwards. Like I, was, <laughs> yeah. like I came home and I was like, all right, I'm gonna go watch. The yeah, new yeah hope totally. Um, so they did a great job with that. Another thing that I really loved, um, they you notice some of the actors had very very sassy, uh, sexy '70s porn stashes. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that was deliberate. Um, the director had asked a few characters uh, to try in keeping with the style of the 1977 release for them to grow, you know, some cool hip mustaches so that, like, you know, the the whole look of the film 
very much tied into the look and Classic. feel of well, the, right, the, A the, New Hope. The, the tech and the uniforms were all consistent right. with Episode Four. Yeah. 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 yeah, but it didn't so, feel retro. No, no, no. no. Um, all the, all the cameos were great. All the Easter eggs were cool. Um, you know, we talked about Rebels, but then you know the two dudes from the Cantina, which like it seems right. like those guys, like those like they bump into those guys, right? And it's just like wow, those guys get in a fight with everybody. <laughs> a couple of a holes. Yeah, Either like the wall, like the walrus dude. Like at one point, was just like, "Hey man, listen, can you, can we just can we go to one planet and not get into a fight with somebody?" <laughs> Eventually, you run to a guy with a lightsaber, and that just ends exactly. real Exactly. Yep. Um, character development, um, although um, brief and at times a bit limited, was still uh, thorough enough for me to feel good about about the movie um, or about the character development. Um, I love that the force was implied, and it was more of a. Um, uh, a belief system and not a fact. There are there were there are no Jedi's. There is no there are no lightsabers. The Force is just kind of a, a religion followed by some. So I love that the, the way that they fleshed out the universe. Uh, phenomenal, great job. I'm, I feel very confident going into the uh, young Han Solo adventure, and hopefully, fingers crossed, toes crossed, an Obi Wan Kenobi movie. Um, real quick, and I'll wrap it up. Um, interesting thought. So. Reb, or um, Rogue One is basically what happens just before A New Hope, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So Han Solo, young Han Solo, he's in his 20s. So you would think logically that that would happen 10, 12 years, 8 years, 5 years before Rogue One, right? Right. Mm-hmm. A standalone Obi-Wan Kenobi movie could take place literally right after the fall of of the Republic because he is at that correct age now. They aged up Ian McGregor um, for the last movie, but now he is actually what the age Obi-Wan Kenobi would be, which would be about, you know, 48, 50 years old. Right. At, so, the, at the end of the, uh, clone, Revenge of the Sith. You're right, at the end of Revenge of the <laughs> Sith. So if you go by that logic, then what they've basically done is they've tied in Episode 3 and Episode 4 with three standalone movies that all kind of go back in time up to... Uh, Revenge of the Sith. Hmm. Interesting. It's my, Interesting. Thi- it's my theory. I love it. All right, patent that. Gleep. Uh well, I, I liked it too. <laughs> End story. And <laughs> scene. Yeah. Uh, so I've seen it a couple times. I saw it once. Uh, they opened a new movie theater uh, by my house. Uh, I saw it in uh, something fancy called XD Real D 3D. Luxury lounger version. Yes. That's a lot of these. Yeah, yeah. And then I also saw it in IMAX in uh, 2D 70 millimeter. And I got to say, the 3D, the, whatever the improvement that they've made in 3D technology is impressive. Uh, but the, the 2D 70 millimeter was just was amazing. Just absolutely amazing. Um, and uh, I liked the movie for lots of reasons, though, primarily because it. Uh, and I think uh, uh, Wolf was saying this that it took me back to episode 4 and it made me feel how I was feeling when I saw that for the very first time back in 1977 yeah. and um, it was it was just you know the, the, the fight scenes you know it was I felt exactly the same way so it was so myself Gleep and uh, Wolf all three of us saw A New Hope in the theaters yeah, yeah. sounds like it impressive I'm a youngin it's my. It's one of my earliest memories. I remember the cantina scene, and I remember waiting in line because I had a giant Han Solo cutout. Those. Were <laughs> I was like six, so I'm sorry. 
Good, good. Um, and uh, I, I read the um, uh, Wolf. You said you had read all the books. Had, did you read the prequel? Did you read Catalyst? No, I've got that in my. I've uh, heard it's good. In my list. Oh, it's fantastic. And it's I, fan- James Luceno wrote it. Uh, and okay, he, yeah, it's a Luceno book. No one really, really good. And I, I, and I haven't um, read all the books. I've read about seventy-five percent of them right now. Okay, well, definitely. Um, if you, because uh, I'm guess I'm guessing this will be out in digital media, maybe like in April or something. Right. Um, so um, before you watch it on, on DVD um, uh, or stream it, uh, read that book if you have the time, because uh, it really fleshed out the relationship between Galen, Lyra, and Krennic um, uh, that you you get no no uh, uh, clue or. Uh, uh, hint of in the movie. I mean, their their relationship is so much more complex than what you're shown in the movie. And and the book is canon, so it it, it counts. Right. Um, uh, and um, uh, and I also I liked it because it made me want to play that game. You yeah. know, I'm 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 sitting there watching this, and you know, I was like, I want to fly my ship to the the trading hub that we saw in the in the first scene there. Um, and uh, you know, I want to survive in-game catastrophes like we saw um, when the Death Star was uh, tested on Jeddah. Um, you know, and and who doesn't want to play? You know, the whole Scarif infiltration battle sequence. Right, you know, right. I mean, I mean, that's. I mean, can you think of that as an org event? How awesome that would be! Right. Now you're talking about the the EA uh, DLC. No, 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 no. About playing a game of that You're playing nature a in game that, that allows you to to live that adventure. Well, that's you know, the, that, it's going to be there in in uh, Battlefront. Well, yeah, like not the, about yeah, Battlefront. I was very <laughs> yeah. disappointed in the uh, the actual implementation. Well, you know, of that game. I, I think what Gleep wants is a Rogue One version of Star Wars Episode One: A Phantom Menace, the game, which uh, I played when it when it came out, which is like a, sort of like a, a story retelling of the game. Right. I just want a Star uh, Citizen version of Rogue One. Well, that's what I want. Yes, I want. A, I want. A, I want a Chris Roberts version of Rogue One. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Done. Is the, the Vanduul going to build a Death Star? They could. You never yeah. know. The Kingships are pretty it's big, dude. Yeah. Spherical yeah. Sh- object of death. Yeah, the Death Spear. A conical. Uh, a conical Death Star. A conical Death Star. <laughs> Dark Saber. It's a trapezoid. The Death Trapezoid. <laughs> so, so did anybody, um, when she was rattling off all the secret projects, were there any uh, Easter eggs or any references to anything in canon that um, I didn't catch? Did anybody catch anything? Uh, there's Sander. a video, uh, Looper put out a video that has like seven minutes of them. <coughs> yeah. Definitely check it out. Uh, Rogue One Easter eggs that slipped right by you. Okay, cool. Yeah, I can't yeah. wait to watch it a second time. because There are usually... a couple of little, yeah, little things like that. Yeah, uh, Dark Saber was one of them, which was a Kevin J. Anderson book where the Huts acquired the plans for the Death Star and built basically just the super laser, and in Hut fashion, uh, comically failed, but it was a, a major uh, EU event. Hmm. Um. So anyway, I you know. It brought me back so strong to episode four that I'm right now I'm I'm putting uh, it I'm putting Rogue One in my top three um, I'm putting oh yeah I'm putting I'm putting episode four just because it's episode four as as number one Rogue One right after it and then 
uh, just because I'm, I'm always enamored by the new hotness and have to sell everything I own to get it, um, Episode 7, I still really enjoyed a lot. And because it, it sort of it, it rekindled in me that, uh, that the story is continuing, that the, yeah. that the, overall, the overall adventure is continuing. And, uh, because I didn't go into Rogue One wondering what's going to happen at the end. I mean, how we got there was really, really cool, and, how, and where it ended was really, really cool. But, you know, we knew that, that uh, Death Star plans were going to get there. Right. So, um, uh, what do you guys, how do you guys see it ranking in, in, the, um, um, in the Star Wars universe? Top uh, top five for me, absolutely. Uh, it's spectacularly well done. Uh, I mean, for me, it's probably uh, A New Hope, uh, Empire, and Rogue One. Yeah, that's me as well. Ooh, wow, Mark. Oof, I'd have to say, I mean, I think Rogue One's the top. I just enjoyed it breaking away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there you go. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that. And then probably that, uh, yeah, Empire Strikes Back after that. You, I mean, you know, really, I heard. They really <laughs> just hit all the right. They really It's did. all about, you know, you know what this is? It, the big thing, I think, in Hollywood right now is as far as um, geek culture is it's about tone Um, for example Marvel seems to continually get the tone of each individual superhero movie Spider-Man Homecoming case in point Um, whereas DC is continually struggling to find the correct tone for a Batman or a Superman and so Disney seems to be very good at shepherding um, franchises uh, and continuing to put out quality product uh, that also gives fair fan service and I think Star Wars is a great example of that they've continued to maintain the right tone for those movies was it too fan servicey though I've heard I that completely. I don't think no, so. I don't think so at all. I, I would think it would be mm. the exact opposite. I mean, yeah. You have super fans that would probably be disappointed because there wasn't enough you know, no lightsaber battle. I, 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 I pretty well dev- you know devoured the EU I, you know Faithful watcher of Rebels and Clone Wars, lots of the video games. I I would feel consider myself a fairly uh, uh, credentialed for a super fan, and I, I just enough. I feel like was as far as like cameos, references, uh, nods to both prequel and original trilogy content and and storyline information. And it was like just spot on, right where it needed to be. General mm. General Sandula was the best. It, I literally gave me chills. Yeah, that was nice so to was hear. Like, oh, wow, when, you know, when, how, how does she go from captain to general? There's so much story there now. I'm going to blow your mind. It may not necessarily be Hera. That could also be uh, Cham Syndulla. I'm, I'm ah. going gonna, I'm gonna to say, given the fact that we saw the ghost like three or four times, including that, yes. across the bow of uh, the rebel flagship, yeah, it's probably that, Hera. Probably Hera. Um, so, Mark, to your point about um, uh, it being your favorite and it being a little bit darker, um, I heard uh, today that uh, the first edition of this movie that uh, uh, that Gareth Edwards actually delivered to Disney was a lot darker and a lot more. Uh, they said basically it was Saving Private Ryan. Wow! And they wow. they they sent it back to him and said, "Look." We can't put this on lunchboxes. You got to do something here, and that was where the the rewrites, you know, that that uh, or the reshoots that happened uh, recently came from. So I thought that was kind of uh, interesting, and and I was talking to a friend today, so, you know, hopeful that we're going to get a director's cut. That you know, if that's in fact the case, how cool would it be to see a uh, Saving Private Ryan version of this? Yeah, I definitely got that. Feel. You definitely get that feel. I mean, it's it's the. 
you know, everything that can go wrong did go wrong. You know what I mean? It was just one of those types of things where everything started falling apart. And it was uh, mm-hmm. very much a case of you could see where that, um, if, if for pacing issues, you know, if it weren't that way, you could see where they would have added in quite a, a large amount of, uh, uh, I don't know what you call that, kind of that wandering, um, uh, I don't know, depressed uh you know we're all we're all gonna die kind of feeling you know what i mean right so right. yeah i think that was well, interesting there was a there, there were a lot of battle scenes shown or there were some battle scenes shown in the trailers that we didn't get yeah well, well and, think, and to well, that Krennic, point take a look at for those later on in the channel i just put an article that is just that all the shots that were that were in the trailers but weren't in the final film and collected all together those those cutting room floor shots that were in trailers do paint a much darker story than what we got in the actual film. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. So take a look will, at that yeah. later. I will say this though, you know, I I don't necessarily always agree with, uh, or rarely do I agree with studios um, when they say you know do when they go back to do reshoots. Uh, Ghostbusters, case in point, I thought the third act fell apart because Sony got involved um, and kind of gutted the heart of that film. But in this case, for whatever reason, and I don't know what it is, but Disney really seems to have a good handle on on balance. You know, yeah. I mean, and I wasn't disappointed with it. No, and 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 the fact that the fact that they still moved forward with killing off all of the actors at the end of the movie really speaks to their understanding of okay, look, we want this to be dark, we want it to be a war picture, but we still want it to be a Star Wars picture, and we're still going to go forward with killing all the characters, but we need to have a little <laughs> bit more balance here. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't. I, I still think it works. I mean, it just. Did any of you guys? Um, uh, want a couple of the previews that I saw, um, or a preview that I saw before uh, both times I saw Rogue One, um, and it was actually two different previews for the same movie. Was Dunkirk? Did you guys see that? Yes, I did see yes. the preview yeah. for Dunkirk. Yes. Oh my God! I mean, you talk about your Saving Private Ryan bleak. You oh know, yeah. I mean, as I, I mean, I, that was. I, I should turn you know, back for fuel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. So, um, um, so, uh, what was your guys' favorite location in the movie? Scarf. Yeah, is, yeah, that, is that because of the battle? Or because of what it was? Both. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think the battle was incredible. I loved the scenes of the H, the H wing, sort of circling around the, the, you know, providing close ground, close air support to the ground troops. I thought that was incredibly fascinating and well done. Um, but I mean, this that that set was gorgeous. I mean, it was just it was stunning, and Welcome it was such a, lost in paradise. Yeah, <laughs> and it was a nod to World War Two. You know, there was right Wake down Island. to the helmets. Yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> what about you guys? Well, I have to be honest. I mean, I have to agree. I think that that whole set piece kind of scene was just. Uh, I mean, you know, what do you say? It was just well mm-hmm. done across the board. There was so much going on. Uh, the the when they were looking out of that control tower or whatever would be that higher vantage point the um, the the bad guys and looking down onto the entire island and you just see the different things exploding things things going on that was and then they kind of zoom in to you know one of those specific areas and, and the fight going on that was was just incredible but you know right. I, now I keep thinking about all the cut scenes I was wondering some of the pacing was a little weird how they got from one place to another so quickly mm-hmm. uh, yeah and now that well, I'm thinking yeah. about it I'm like. Oh well, now it makes sense. There are scenes cut that would have would have played out during that that would have gotten them to this point by now, and so forth and so on. So, yeah, but Star Wars is also notoriously infamous for you know jumping through space in all of fifteen minutes. Yeah, true oh, yeah. story. Yeah. True story. Yeah, yeah. Empire Strikes Back has that like 
Luke is clearly training on Dagobah for a long time, but at the same time, it feels like uh, Han and Leia, like, like a week later, arrive a weekend, at... yeah. Yeah, right. It's a long at, weekend, uh, guys. Luke spends Luke spends a four day weekend. It's a Thursday. It's a Thursday it's a through seminar. Monday. Seminar. We get a lot done on a Thursday yeah. through Monday. You know, not a big it's deal. A seminar. <laughs> what was the, the plan? Jedi seminar? Did you go to the Jedi seminar this year? No, I missed it, dude. Yeah, it was a long weekend. <laughs> Surprised you didn't hit that. Uh, what was uh, the planet that the trading uh, market was on? Jedi. Was a, uh, no, no, no. The trading market was uh, a uh, satellite station. Was it an <coughs> asteroid or something? Was so. I'm wondering if that was Narshada, because. There well, were two. Sad. There yeah, were two worlds. There were two worlds that weren't labeled. I think. No, it's one a, of them was, was labeled. Something trading post. Okay. Yeah, it was you know so, or trading outpost. Yeah, I want to fly my caterpillar there so bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to find it right now and I can't. But for me, um, yeah, I looked. I couldn't find it. The uh, the opening plot. <coughs> the, the the one what? where Jin and her parents are on. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I thought that was beautiful. kind of volcanic uh, kind of look deal with volcanic the, grassland with the, with the kind of neon grassland. Yeah, kind of like a, kind of Hawaii actually. Yeah, yeah. and the rings, uh, the rings revolving around the planet that you could see from planet side. I just thought that was absolutely beautiful. It's um, called Lumaha or something like that. It, it's uh, okay. in um, it's in Catalyst. Okay, all right, yeah, it, right, right from the opening scene where you see. Um, where you see the Imperial ship, you know, cutting through the ribbons, you know, and going down into the planet, or into the bands. Um, I just thought that was a beautifully shot, and uh, I, that was my favorite planet in the movie. For me, I think it's to be Jetta. Uh, I liked the, like, it had the most used uh, future feel to it. Like, it felt like mm. a, uh, that, and, and you got a real sense of the oppression of the Empire because you had a Star Destroyer. Or destroyer literally sitting over the city, right? Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and that of course, and and the climactic escape the oncoming wall yeah. of, of debris. It's like animals leaving uh, before a major natural disaster. They, they oh, did yeah. a really good job of kind of um, instilling a, a, a subtle sense of dread when you watched everything leaving. Yeah. Well, yeah. the other thing is, is uh, I also like that because it had one of the most. Uh, uh, I guess I'd say su- surprising cameos for me once I realized who it was, and that is the Clone Wars Saw Gerrera. Uh That's that the the guy was it Forrest Whitaker, right? Yeah, that's yeah. who he plays. He's a character from Clone Wars, uh, right. named Saw He's, he's also gonna, in Catalyst too. I believe we're going to see him in uh, Rebels next season as well. Yeah, there's a there was a like a cardboard cutout I saw online that showed a picture of him yeah. in in yeah. The, the the second half of Rebels. Which probably suggests that we're going to see his extremism and his breakaway from the rebellion that right. they talk about in the film. Wait, so I thought he was way that, underutilized. Wasn't that, wasn't I, that the I wish he would have been there longer. Was that the first? Mm-hmm. Was Saul Guerrero? Is that the, the trainer of the clone? The the uh... he so uh, Anakin, Ahsoka, and uh, uh, Obi Wan go to the planet where he and his I think sister are. And they're leading sort of a ragtag group of what essentially amount to terrorists against this the uh, occupying Confederacy forces, and so they show up with a couple of clones and teach them how to run a real insurgency. Oh, okay, uh, and then overthrow the CIS, and then and then they leave and leave Sagarera and his his band to basically run the planet. And so then the next time you then of course we see him, I, I'm guessing that it's going to be in Rebels, either still fighting now the Empire. Or uh, you know, explaining, off on his on his own, and explaining the um, the embarrassment that he's become to the alliance. It seems like he's obviously he's become 
super paranoid. Yeah, yeah, he's clearly gone, you know, too, uh, a little bit too far. Yeah. Well, why why wasn't he on Rogue One? Why didn't why did they I mean, he's such a good actor. Why would you just ha- have him end right there? Because it's clear that he's his character is there for two reasons. One is a a tie and one is a plot MacGuffin. Uh he is there to intercept the message uh, that that they need to get, and so he's the one holding that message, that, and and the pilot, uh, and so Jin has to travel to him, not, partly for character reasons, so you can resolve that conflict. Well, then yeah, they need a reason for you know why Jin is the perfect person to go, you know, right, on this right. mission, but also sort of to perform a have a sense of stakes and emotional weight. I mean, if there's one thing that Force Awakens shows to us is that if you th- show a 30 second clip of a couple people on a balcony and then kill billions it doesn't have as much of impact as one person that you care deeply going to their death right and so when they have the what was it single reactor firing of the death star on the single city and you see Sagarera just standing there at his window like watching death come at him that gives stakes and weight to what the death star can do in a way that doesn't rely on what happens in a new hope I, I don't. I, I don't think that's a good use of him. I think him being on Rogue One and being able to play off of Jin and uh, Cassian and um, uh, a couple of the other characters would have been more interesting than just having him stand there and watch the the wall of Earth come at him. Yeah. I also a quick sidebar. Um, I also love the fact that both times that the Death that the Death Star is used, it's used to. Um, to, to just take out a, a city or uh, just take out a, uh, a, a military base, it, it speaks to the fact that they paid attention to In a New Hope when Tarkin says, I think it's time uh, we demonstrate the full power of this station. Yes. I yes, love that because yeah. it's just like, it's really subtle and it's not something a lot of people would pick up on, but it's like, wow, they really paid attention to A New Hope. Yeah, well, you can tell there's someone sitting there looking like, hey, this 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 dialogue doesn't work. We need to be using this. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, set yeah. this up so it goes that way. Yeah, really set these things up. Well, someone did their research. Well, when they talk about that in the... I think, do they talk about in Catalyst, they have, like, several reactors that are set up and that, that only when all of them are running in tandem does it have the kind of planet-destroying capability that's necessary for that sort of thing. Um, um and... Um... um it's gone. <laughs> it was there. Yeah. And then it like sands in an hourglass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. off. Oh, little idea. Come on back. Oh, I, it's back. Um, uh, <laughs> what did you guys think of, of, I think of the villain in the movie as Krennic. I don't think of Vader as the villain. No. Tarkin is the villain. Vader, Vader is, a, is a force of nature. Mm. Yeah. yeah Vader is, is radioactive. You just don't want to be anywhere near him. He's a wrecking ball. Yeah. But he, I don't think. I, I think in this movie, like you said, he's. he's I've heard it described before as, as the Emperor's attack dog, and that he's not really. Uh, I mean, you can see it sometimes in the comics and other books where he has he displays some sort of political or mental prowess. Certainly in Rebels, there's he certainly lays some traps to catch the Rebels' crew. Uh, but in this movie, he clearly is a wrecking ball. He's, well, why well, the, why Krennic more than or why Vader or uh, Tarkin more than Krennic then? Well, because. Well, I think I think Krennic wanted to see the station come to fruition, but I don't think he understood the ambition of the Empire and the way that the that the Empire as a as a machine will spit you up will chew you up and spit you out. 
because well, I think, uh, yeah, I think Tarkin oh, usurps him at one, at the end he, of the film. He, yeah, he, did, right. he did. You read the book. He he did. He He's, understands. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, th- I, I think, think he knew. He he knew the destructive power, but he wanted the credit. He's exceedingly ambitious, just like right. everybody else in the in the Empire. Maybe a little too ambitious to the point where Vader Force chokes him a little bit to kind of remind him, hey. You know, maybe take it down from eleven to about eight. Yeah, don't choke on your I ambition. Think, yeah, which they, my wife hated that line. Oh, really? <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was in keeping with. I, I thought it was pushing the envelope, but I did think it was in keeping with some of uh, Vader's quips throughout the franchise. Um, but my wife thought it was a little too bum bum bum. She was really. <laughs> yeah, she, I think th- that was a big. She was not. Happy. She loved the movie, but she was not happy about that. I think it was really fascinating. Uh, Vader's character sort of was still experiencing... Like, the way he was unhinged and unleashed himself at the end, yeah. to me, sort of spoke to the the lingering, you know, anger and frustration that he must have been dealing with as a result of the, you know, the changes that came in his life during the Revenge of the Sith, right? Um, he's just... You know, he he almost had like that Kilo Ren level of rage when he was when he was slaughtering all those uh, yeah. the crewmen from the Corvette. Yeah. He uh, um, he seemed terrifying. You know, yeah, and that, yeah. that one shot he just seemed terrifying. Okay, uh, guys, let's. Um, um, Mark's got to go to bed. Let's uh, let's wrap it up. Everybody have a final thought, and um, um, we'll uh, leave it at that. Can't wait to see more. Uh, definitely top three for me. Uh, the Young Han Solo series, I forget the artist, but they are modeling the color scheme and feel based on some uh, 1950s artist that did a lot of cowboy western style paintings. So I only mention that as a tie into Rogue One to reinforce the fact that I really do think the franchise is in good hands and I think that we're going to see an amazing Young Han Solo film. Yeah, agreed. I'm uh, really excited to see what comes next. I can't wait to go and watch Rogue One again to catch up on all the, the little spoil um not spoilers, but the little uh Easter eggs, yeah. Yeah, Easter eggs that I didn't catch the first time, so loved it. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, I'm just looking Mark. I'm just looking for more non Jedi stuff. And then more Jedi stuff. So <laughs> you know, I want a good mix. That's what I'm looking for. I'm I'm uh, I'm looking I'm looking forward to um, well I'm not looking forward to K2SO because he's not coming back but uh, I'm I'm looking forward to more moments where I actually laugh out loud in the theater like when he got in the elevator and said I have a very bad feeling about this (laughs) (laughs) that was that was one of my favorite parts about the movie experience was was all those things and you know just like fist pumping and going yeah that makes me remember things which is hard <laughs> fun I had a feeling yeah. yeah fun nostalgic and dark there's a personal ad <laughs> fun nostalgic and dark oh boy that is a personal ad all right well let's get Mark off to bed um uh, so we are going to be uh, recording again on January 9th. That's the plan right now. So uh, nothing until then. This will be the last you hear of us in 2946. So um, uh, we hope that everybody has a safe and happy holidays. Uh, and uh, we look forward to um, uh, coming back into your ear holes in the new year, 2947. Uh, but, you know, uh, you know, in the meantime, definitely come out and, uh, and play with us because we will be... Uh, we will be out playing. I think the next couple weeks, uh, Sundays are going to be on the actual holidays. So uh, participation, uh, we won't have official meetups, uh, but 
Um, I think folks will probably come out uh, when they can uh, for uh, whenever they or for as long as they can. And who knows uh, um, what uh, will be going on with Star Citizen? We may have uh, we may have a push to live. I'm hoping we have a push to live, and uh, uh, all of us will be able to uh, get in and play together. So. Please go to Engine.com. They are the quick, easy, and free solution for hosting your community website. That's E-N-J-I-N.com. Be sure to check out Star Citizen The Base Radio at radio.starcitizenbase.com, where you can find a broadcast of one of our shows every Saturday afternoon. Check out the new INN. You can find it at imperialnews.network. You can reach the podcast, comms at versecast.org, at versecast on the Twitters, and our RSI Star Citizen organization can be found at robertspaceindustries.com slash org slash firstcast. On Steam, we are those guys with ships, and please do be sure to check out our gaming community website. It is firstcast.org. Remember, a Freudian slip is when you say one thing, but you mean your mother. <laughs> Thank you, Wolf. My name is Gleep, and all my contact information is in the show notes. Jimmy? Oh, my name is Jimmy, and uh, the bulk of my contact information is also in the show notes, but you can catch me most uh, chatty over at Twitter, and uh, you can catch me every Thursday night at 9 p.m. PST doing my show on the base called Quantum Drive. It's a mix of uh, music, lore, and stories. Yay! All right, and uh, for the final time this year, good night, Gracie. Uh, my name is Ace Azamine. You can find all my contact information in the show notes. I'm also most chatty here in uh, TeamSpeak. I'll probably be doing a lot of nerding out, playing a lot of Star Wars in the next coming week. I wonder why. Um, <laughs> but come find me. Come say hello. If you've got a copy of uh, any sort of Star Wars game or anything you want to talk about, uh, I am always down for some nerding out. Wolf. I am Wolf Larson, and you can find a lot of my content about Star Citizen at imperialnews.network. I am also quite chatty on the Twitters, and uh, I too will be spending as much time as possible on my week off between Christmas and New Year's with those guys with ships playing Star Citizen, Grand Theft Auto, and uh, whatever else we come up with. So come hang out with us. It's always a good time. The man, the myth, the legend. And I'm Mad Cal. You can find me at madcal1001 at gmail.com or mark at versecast.org. I'll be happy to take any and all questions regarding either uh, furry, furry apes, planet of the apes, or ape-like planets. Um, I'm comfortable <laughs> with all of those. Also, if you'd like to talk to me about, oh, I don't know, dog walking or just stealing my dogs, by all means, let me know. I'm happy to help you out in any way I can. With that, <laughs> gentlemen, I think it's good evening, and uh, let's get the hell out of here. Good evening to you, sir. Until next time, then, we are Those Guys With Ships, and this has been our community podcast. See you guys. Bye. And, of course, now the dogs stop. (laughs) Of course, they know know that you're just about done. I had my stuff all muted before, just so that you guys didn't hear what what would arguably be... I mean, I can't imagine what my neighbors think. They must assume we're killing things. 2016. It is. Very large dog, medium-sized dog. Going at it. We are one with the force, and the force is with us. It was so sad when he died. I mean, he had to, but it was sad. I I, I got weepy that that second time. Yeah.